It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. My guest is sleight of hand artist Shin Lim, currently performing in Limitless at the Mirage, Mondays and Thursdays through Sundays at 7.30. For ticket information, go to mgmresorts.com. And for everything about Shin Lim, the only person to win America's Got Talent twice, go to shinlimmagic.com. And you can follow him on Facebook and Instagram at shinlimmagic. And Shin, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Ira. Even though you're talking to me, here's the best part about you. Here's the magic. Even though you're talking to me on the phone, you have somehow made an elephant appear in my studio. (laughs) Not sure how you did that, but okay. Magic. Magic, that's it, exactly. You have an interesting background because you were born in Vancouver. You have parents from Singapore, so you are Canadian-American. And I know that you like to be called a sleight-of-hand artist rather than a magician, which I I like that term, sleight-of-hand artist. When you started performing initially, and here's the part that I get confused about. You had a case of carpal tunnel syndrome, and I know that you were a pianist initially, and your brother taught you some magic as well. So I'm not quite sure how you can still do the wonderful things you do if you have carpal tunnel syndrome. In other words, wouldn't you have stayed with the piano versus magic or done both? So uh, when I was in university, I, uh, I kind of developed carpal tunnel a little bit more severely. I believe it was always developing, even when I was a young young kid practicing. I believe it was mainly a lack of proper technique when I was practicing. You know, you have to practice like eight hours a day for the piano. And so it, 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 it took a, a huge toll on my wrist. Uh, and I think in college, that's when it really, because they require like 20 hours uh, a week of practicing minimum. And so with all that practice, I it just kind of overwhelmed my wrist. And, and so I was also practicing magic at the same time. And uh, your question was, yes, it does actually affect both. I am unable to practice magic for longer than an hour. So I have to, uh, every, every time I practice, I got to make sure I stop. And then I have to, uh, if I need to practice some more, I actually practice in my head. I would practice visualizing and what what's happening and visualizing how to go about each move. <clears throat> I, I would use this technique sometimes in the piano, but the piano, the problem is you have to really get your fingers on the notes to kind of muscle memory where each note is played. So I, um, it, was a, it was a sacrifice that I had to, had to make for either, uh, for both actually, both magic and piano. But you had the endurance to continue, <clears throat> and, and it's fascinating in that, you limit your practice because you have to for health reasons, and yet at the same time, despite that limitation and despite having to do, go over rehearsals in your head or your moves in your head, you've reached a certain point where now you're appearing on the Las Vegas Strip. So that says something about your commitment to the art. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I've, ever since I was young, I, I always loved performing. Anything to do with performing, I, it wasn't so much like, oh, just the piano, just magic. For me, as long as I was able to express myself, I was happy. So when I chose to drop the piano, it was really one of the toughest decisions of my life. But 
I took it as, okay, I have to drop one of them because I can't practice. Because the piano, I know I have to at least practice at least three hours a day. At least. Because the songs, are, the pieces I was playing, it was very difficult. I had to constantly, it's almost like a gymnast. You know, I mean, I mean magic, a sleight of hand is the same way too, but uh, piano, piano more so, especially the pieces I were playing. And so I, I just had to kind of do the math and I figured if I chose magic, I'd still be able to practice in my brain, visualize it, and rest a lot more than if I had to than I if I chose piano. But essentially, I had to choose one because doing both would would just take too much of a toll. The fact that though that you could practice in your head and then still perform at a level where you're on the Las Vegas Strip and appear on national television, that's the part that I think amazes people. You had an issue to deal with, you dealt with it, and you dealt with it in a way that allowed you to not only cope, but to grow in the art. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I'm, I'm lucky. <laughs> you are. It's fa- it's, and it's also hard work. It's fascinating because, as you say, you could do a minimum of a, an hour rehearsal, plus you have to do the shows themselves. So that also is time as well. So you, yeah, just to be able to cope and deal with that. I, I wanted to represent your brother in one sense because I know that your brother got you involved in magic initially by showing you a trick or an illusion, whatever you'd like to call that. And I just want to know, I'm going to represent your brother here. Shouldn't you be giving him some royalties (laughs) based on your success? I mean, (laughs) he's the one that set you on the path. Yeah, essentially I I owe it to him. He's, uh, although he doesn't, he doesn't take any credit at all. He never, he he doesn't want to be in the limelight. He doesn't, but he, uh, no, he, 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 he introduced me to a lot of many things. I mean, he was my older brother, so I always kind of followed him everywhere. I really looked up to him, and you know, I, and so does every young younger brother, you know. So I I I, I remember he used to break dance. I would try to break dance as well. Uh, he played the guitar. I played tried to play guitar. Couldn't. And yeah, and so he he showed me a really easy card trick when I was sixteen, and he he actually didn't teach me the trick. He said, "Oh, you can." You can learn it on YouTube. That's where you can you can learn you can learn this trick on YouTube. I was like, really? So I went on YouTube and then I started learning some really because you know on YouTube there's so many bad tutorials and <laughs> bad lessons on magic. Unfortunately, you know they're not very well taught. But regardless, it was still something. And I went on YouTube and then I I, I started searching for all the easiest tricks that that I could find on there and. And and that's how I got obsessed. I, I just it went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> you know, it's funny too. It's it, it must be generational because when I was interested in magic way back, and the only thing I can do is the French drop, and that's badly. Mm-hmm. But there are people that I know who also were interested in magic, and what they would do is they would go to the library and check out a book on that's magic, right. or they would go to the magic store and they would buy a book on magic. But in today's world, you just go on YouTube. But of course, it's not just going on YouTube or even looking at. A book, you really have to develop the techniques and the viewpoint of the illusion to make it work. A lot of people yeah. don't realize that yeah. requires work. It's not just a simple little and a lot thing. of uh, trial and error with the audience. Yes, so you need absolutely. to do it with the audience, get the get their energy from them, and then you kind of you know come back home and think about what just happened, and then rework everything. Because the the great thing about magic compared to any really other art form, even piano is that there's a real connection with the audience, especially close-ups. There's a vis- visceral c- connection, and you can feel their energy. 
and you can base your tricks essentially on their energy and play off of that. I think that's what's so fascinating about close-up magic. Do you think also the changes in technology allow you to perform close-up magic to a large audience where in the past, yes, they did have television cameras that could do a close-up, but still it was <clears throat> rudimentary in a way. Today, it's a little bit more sophisticated and it allows you to communicate with that audience you were talking yes. about. Yes, it has everything to do with the screens and the cameras, especially for close-up. Right. I really, uh, with the new show here, it's... um. Before I couldn't do it because I actually wasn't able to uh, change any of Terry Fader's set. But now that I now that I can, <laughs> the show, even though it's on stage and there's you know a large large amount of people audience, to be able to still capture that is is quite difficult. But it's if you make it like cinematic, then it really changes things because then it, people can actually even connect with you even more. It's almost like a paradox because you would think that close-up magic wouldn't work on stage, but sometimes it actually gets an even better reaction with a screen, with a, with a very big screen, than, let's say, a typical stage illusion. And a high-def screen as well, yeah. so that you can really yeah. see it. And I would think, too, that there's a little bifurcation in that the audience is seeing you in real life on the stage, but they're also seeing you on the big screen, and their eyes probably go back and forth to the two areas you on stage and then you on the screen and so they can see the close-up but also see the general concept that you're doing as well does that yes. make sense yes yes now it's a it, it's a it's a very new way that i'm going to keep exploring and i'm going to keep testing out because i don't think it's there yet there's still more to play around with it for sure but you have that kind of you have your hand in it or your sleight of hand in it in that sense that you're looking at how best to showcase your talent. So That's I assume that you meet with your own people and say, how could we position camera one here or camera two there? That's right. Yeah, and, and make it as good for the audience as possible and involve the audience. Because as you said earlier, you want that audience feedback and reaction. That's right. That's right. And, and it's, it's, it's such a tricky thing to try to figure out what placement is perfect so that the audience can see me in real time and the screen at the same time. So that's, that's been our goal essentially is to try to make it so the audience can actually watch the magic without looking at the screen, but then have the screen as a backup directly behind me. So that's, that's been a challenge, but we're, we're slowly figuring it out. Yeah, that's great. The thing about close-up magic most of the magicians on, if we're talking about Las Vegas in particular, and we're heard all over the world, but in Las Vegas in particular, magicians generally are the type that perform with major stage illusions or props right. and assistants and et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Uh, and you're doing something that is rarely tried in the past because of that technological limitation. I mean, it's been done. I've seen magicians do it, but there's always that technological limitation and most close-up magicians and it's a wonderful art they tend to work small rooms there was a a gentleman in town jimmy Gropo, at caesar's palace for many decades that was a close-up magician and worked there he's legendary you, you can look him up and in the magic castle and i know you've referenced the magic castle in the interviews that you've done in there too close-up magic is usually done in a room where there's not that many people when I, relatively speaking uh, versus obviously in the mirage you've got a much bigger audience so it's great that you're able to bring that form of and i'll call it magic that form of magic to the stage on an ongoing basis i think that's the the key to all of this 
in addition to your talents, because if you've never seen Shin Lim perform, you've got to watch. You got to watch him. You can check him out, obviously, on the world famous YouTube again. Or, but uh, you know, you can see what he does. Uh, but at the and on, on America's Got Talent, where he was performing as well. But when you get to see a, a whole show, not just a segment, and see all the elements, that's where I think the the key is to that. Yes, you get you get you get a backstory. Uh, I actually talk a little bit about my life in in, in the uh, in the show, and it's almost like uh, you go back in time and get to see everything and how each act developed. Pretty cool. Pretty pretty cool. It is, and I would say the the decision was your decision was correct in terms of the piano versus magic, and here's why: if you were traveling all over the United States, you would have to be traveling with that piano, whereas now right. you can travel with the deck of cards. That's right. Yeah. That's so a it's problem. a yeah, it's a little cheaper. It is very cheaper. It's a lot easier, lighter on the back pocket than uh, you know putting a deck of cards and then trying to get a piano in there mm-hmm. as you as you travel through customs and and through uh, TSA and all that kind of stuff. When you lay out your show, you want it a certain way because you are, as you say, telling a story. And I would say from the story and just from what I know about you that you have a fairly close-knit family. Am I right, wrong, in between? Yeah, I, I would say so, yes. And does that help you in terms of being able to work out the things you want to work out as you go through your career? Yeah, well, actually, my uh, my wife she directs the whole show. She kind of and she directs me too, in in a way. You know, she tells <laughs> me how to how to ho- move at home as well as on stage. <laughs> at home, <right>? yeah, at, <laughs> home, at home, I need I need to I need I need I need some help with direction at home to my, my room. But, uh, on stage, she 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 knows what looks good. She knows what looks good. She knows what. She thinks exactly the same as I do in terms of the show, where we're, for some reason, always on the same wavelength. So we we, we never we rarely have opposing ideas, and if we do, we for whatever reason come up with some sort of solution quickly. And she helps me with uh, with a lot of the artistic things, uh, a lot of the a lot of the acts. She helps me with. She helps me also direct the cameras. That's what she does on a day to day basis. She actually directs all of the camera angles and everything because she knows she knows my entire act inside out all of it. So she she, she if anyone were to uh, direct my cameras, it would be her. Even before the show in Vegas, she would also direct the camera. So I, I would use I used to go on tour with I don't know if you heard of the Illusionist. Yes. Yes, I used to tour around with them all the time. And so when what happens when you tour with the Illusionist, you always get a different camera crew different crew all the time because it's a you know it's a touring company right. almost you're like using you're using the thing. you're using the house technicians yeah that's right and so the the camera crew wouldn't know my acts at all so casey would help and she would direct them essentially and it would, it would be very beneficial and then uh yeah and then my uh, my mom actually <laughs> helps deal with all of my contracts and my money and everything like that so it's actually very um yeah, family, family. Business. Yeah, no, that's great. My guest, sleight of hand artist Shin Lim, is currently performing in Limitless at the Mirage Mondays and Thursdays through Sundays at seven thirty. For ticket information, go to mgmresorts.com. And for everything about Shin Lim, go to shinlimmagic.com. And you can follow him on Facebook and Instagram at Shin Lim Magic. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Talk About Las Vegas with Ira 
in just a moment. You've seen mobsters and cops face off on the big screen. You've heard the legends of Al Capone and Elliot Ness. But how much do you know about what really happened? Dive into the true stories behind the myths of organized crime and law enforcement at the Mob Museum, the country's finest collection of mob artifacts, history, and interactive exhibits. Find out more and get tickets at themobmuseum.org. Now let's get back to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Welcome back. I'm talking with sleight of hand artist Shin Lim, currently performing in Limitless at the Mirage, Mondays and Thursdays through Sundays at 7.30. For ticket information, go to mgmresorts.com. And for everything about Shin Lim, go to shinlimmagic.com. And you can follow him on Facebook and Instagram at shinlimmagic. And Shin, we were talking about your family. And one other thing that you have an advantage of is that your wife can give you the the straight skinny, so to speak, on your performance. In other words, if there's a goof or if there's a mistake or something goes on, she'll be able to point it out to you without feeling that she's, she's walking on eggshells. Yes, that's right. She can, she'll tell me the straight truth. Yeah. And I, and I can trust her that she has my best intentions. And, 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 absolutely. Even though it's critical, there's a reason why she's doing it. She wants you to be better. So, yeah, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and that's great that you have that trust. It's, it reminds me in a way, because of the family situation that you have, a close-knit family, of the people that when they came to this country, they would have a store and they would work in the store all day and then they're, they would sleep at night up in the apartment above the store. So you're there with each other 24-7 in a way, even though obviously, obviously the Mirage showroom is, is not uh, um, below your, your place. But you, despite that 24-hour togetherness, you seem to be able to work that out. Not everybody can do that. Well, sometimes I do get into arguments with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that happens yeah. <laughs> many times. But uh, I, I, you know, it's, it, at the end of the day, I, I always know that she has my best interests. Sure, course. and, and, and then, especially when it comes to money, you know, it's it's. Uh, I'm really, I, I couldn't trust anyone more. Than, right, than my mom. and it's not only your mom but your wife too. I mean, you're around everybody all the time, and sometimes some people can't handle that because it gets too claustrophobic in a way. But it seems to work for you, which is great. Yeah, no, I, I must have trust issues. <laughs> <laughs> when you finally came to Las Vegas, and now you're doing a regular show here, you're not touring, and you're not worrying, having to worry about going here, going there, packing up, as we talked about earlier, having the crew at a certain venue not know your routine and therefore not be able to help you as much as you could be helped. Do you feel like the weight of the world is off your shoulders because you're now in your own one venue and you have everybody on the same page? Yeah, I mean, it's my dream, you know? It's, it's, it's every magician's dream to have a Las Vegas residency. That's, that's something I, uh, every every young magician ever, ever always said, uh, and I'm pretty sure I've said it too. And, uh, you know, we would always talk about it. Oh, it'd be so cool if I, if I could perform here uh, at the Monte Carlo or, because, oh, you know, we, we used to watch Lance Burton. Sure. And, and, and we would always, like, be so starstruck. Uh, of everything, the theater, him, you know, the acts, just being in Las Vegas, is so cool, you know, and so it, it's a dream come true, it really is, and I just want to make sure I do a good job, and that I, I do magicians proud, and I make sure I do the right thing, and I make it a good show, so that I can also make Las Vegas proud as well. 
Do you get a chance to rub up against magicians here in Las Vegas or elsewhere, and you get a chance to exchange information and concepts? And get do you get feedback from magicians about your performances? Yeah, yeah. There's actually surprisingly a lot of magicians in Vegas. Oh yes, there's uh, a way lot. more than I knew. Oh, uh, yeah. you know, of course, there's the famous ones like Copperfield and Penn and Teller, and I, I do talk to them very not not a lot, but once in a while, and uh, they're really nice nice people but the the i was very surprised that all the younger magicians they're all in vegas too i had no idea a lot of, a lot them of use, the young creators yeah yeah a lot of them use las vegas as a base they tour or they travel or they're creating but it, their, their base is here in las vegas mm-hmm. and yeah, so you're right, right. You're, they may not be big names but they are working all the time and performing all the time and creating all the time mm. yeah and so like like musicians we uh, especially close up Sleight of, especially sleight of hand, specifically sleight of hand magicians. We always jam together all the time. Like musicians would, we would jam on ideas. We would show each other slights. We would practice in front of each other. Be like, hey, how does how does this look? Did I do, do a good job? And so that's what I've been doing this whole quarantine and <laughs> before everything opened up. I, I was just collaborating and jamming with other other magicians like myself. Well, it keeps your skill level up too because. You're getting ready to open, and you want to be at the top of your game, and so that's a way to do it is through working mm-hmm. with fellow magicians and obviously continuing to rehearse and to practice and to get those moves down. When you create a new illusion for your show, and again, it's called Limitless at the Mirage, Mondays and Thursdays through Sundays at 7.30, when you're creating new illusions to add to the show, is there a time frame that you put on yourself? So is it a month of from concept to finally having it introduced into the show, or is it open-ended? Uh, if, if you, when you get to know me more, you'll realize how open-ended I am <laughs> with everything. <laughs> and uh, and I'm open-ended is the answer. I, yeah. I never have any time frame. Unless I'm forced to have a time frame, then of course I try my best to create an act within that time frame. One example would be uh, AGT. For the final act, when the cards were floating in the air and I was doing the you know the card tricks on the table, there were, there were a lot of clearance issues with AGT being able to perform certain things on TV. And so what happened was we didn't get the permission from from the clearinghouse, and so we had to essentially scrap the act that I had planned for and make a new one, which was very. Uh, <laughs> and I only had like a couple of days, so that 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 type of time frame is possible. Not ideal, because not the best acts come out of it, but it's possible. I, I never usually say any act is really done until I've done it for about five years, I would say. That's a, that's a long time frame. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, the, the, like the, one of the acts that, that I would say I'm happy with is I call it the Dream Act, and it's um, something I did on AGT with the smoke out of mouth. And that one I've been performing for about nine years now, so... It took me about one year to create that act, but it took me around five to six to actually understand it, if you know what I mean. Sure. You have to really grasp the concept and then work out the tactics for how you're going to present it. And that's where the artistry, I think, comes from. Anybody can have a concept, but unless you can execute it in a way that is artful. Yes, that's right. And, and in a way that you can you know the timing of everything and understand what how how to build how to build up and how to crescendo and how to 
you know, uh, essentially fool the audience. And that's, that's, uh, it takes, it takes a lot longer. That, that type of stuff takes way longer than creating the, the concept. Yeah. It's a paradox that magicians hide their skills in a way because you don't necessarily see the moves to make the magic happen, but that's where their skill is in hiding the moves as opposed to most other performers where you, a juggler, well, you can see what the skill is because they're juggling in front of you. That's right. But magic it's, uh, is a, it's a whole other thing. It's like, uh, it's almost like cooking. <laughs> yes. You don't tell everyone, oh, this is how I made the burger. You just present it. Like, Here you go. This is it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but they see you putting the cheese on the burger. They just didn't see you <laughs> yeah, make the do. burger. Right. You know, so that's, that's kind of it. Do you ever, now that you're famous and you are on your road to more success, do you find you're now not so much on YouTube, going to YouTube for research, but actually maybe going to the library for ideas and inspiration or getting going to magic books, some of the classic magic books from the past? Uh, so I was actually, uh, you know, if I wasn't, I was, I'm actually dyslexic, so I have a trouble reading. Uh, so, it, you know, I, when I, I barely passed high school because of this, this problem I had, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I I have I have a hard time reading. Um, so I, I surprisingly I actually still go to YouTube for <laughs> to find to find sources, believe it or not. That's fascinating uh, because now think about this for a second. So that's an additional challenge you had and besides carpal tunnel syndrome is dyslexia. So you're overcoming two challenges to make a success out of yourself. Well, I think if I was born maybe like 50 years ago, then I think uh, that would be an issue. Dyslexia would be a, a massive issue, I think. But for me, I, I luckily, I, I had the privilege of television, YouTube, sure. um, screens, essentially. And it's really, it's helped me learn a lot to be able to not have to, to read words. Because it, it's quite tough, especially math. Math was incredibly difficult for me to to get right. Because, and, and even multiple choice, too. Because I, I would circle in, I don't know if you remember, the, in the SATs, Mm-hmm. I would actually circle in the wrong bubble because <laughs> they're all so close to each other. Yeah. And then, yeah, but, but, you know, I, I, luckily I, I had music to, to go off of. I, I knew that that was what I was going to end up doing in high school, or at least when I was younger, that was my, that was my goal. So I didn't care too much about the academics in terms of like the traditional sense of science, math. I, I, I passed those classes, but it wasn't like I was trying to. Right. You've, you've, in a sense, come full circle because you had relied on screens to learn your craft and your art, and now you're having the audience rely on screens to see your <laughs> That's right. art. Never thought of that. Yeah. I mean, it just is perfect. I just see the whole, the whole circle. Looking ahead, are, are you looking for a long-term stay in Las Vegas, meaning do you want to stay here primarily? Do a, For example, as we talked about residency, Lance Burden was, was in residence at not only Monte Carlo, but at the Hacienda, and he was part of the Folie Berger at the Tropicana for many, many, many years. Is that what you're looking for as a, as a, a way forward, or do you want to do other things as well? Uh, I always want to do other things. I, I do have other projects that are planned up, but I, I want to live my dream, which is have a Las Vegas residency. So as long as I can do that, for as long as I can, I'll, I'll keep doing it. But of course, I'll always do side projects and other projects because I uh, I'm pretty sure I have ADHD, so I, I'll, I'll get too bored and I'll just want to end up trying something 
<laughs> yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. But you know, it can be done because you have the energy and you, mm-hmm. you're a relatively young guy. So you could very easily be permanently here on the Las Vegas Strip and at the same time go and perform in other venues occasionally and also on national television, maybe make a movie right. on magic and all of that. So I think that, that's, right. that's doing, doing well. Well, that's a great way to end it. My guest has been sleight of hand artist Shin Lim. He's currently performing in Limitless at the Mirage Mondays and Thursdays through Sundays at 7.30. For ticket information, go to mgmresorts.com. And for everything about Shin Lim, go to shinlimmagic.com. And you can follow him on Facebook and Instagram at Shin Lim Magic. Shin, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Ira. I really appreciate it. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Yeah.